Welcome back to Corona Diaries. I'm your host, Aiden Taris, and I'm coming to you from the School of Journalism and Media Studies at Rhodes University in Makanda, South Africa. And as usual, we bring you stories about daily life in the time of the COVID-19 pandemic, as told by our own journalism students. We have come to the end of Season 3. Yes, that's right, Season 3. Since we first started this podcast in March 2020, we have produced three whole seasons of Corona Diaries. In each season, a new group of audio diarists and their families and friends welcomed us into their homes and neighborhoods, sharing intimate, inspiring and funny glimpses into what it's like to survive a pandemic. And now, in the final episode of Season 3, our diarists tell us stories that reveal that COVID-19 is just one part of the realities that they face in their daily lives. We hear about some of the other obstacles, but we also hear about the pleasures that make their lives worth living. To find out more, we take you on a journey from Makanda to Mpumalanga and back again. As usual, we want you to stay connected with us on our social media. Head over to Twitter and tweet us at Rhodes underscore JMS using the hashtags Corona Diaries and hashtag Rhodes JMS. A podcast you can listen to at home. That is like way too straight to the point. Yeah, stay at home and listen to podcasts. Life in quarantine, the lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning. South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries. Our, our stories behind. One problem that many of our audio diarists has confronted during lockdown has to do with going home. Home should be a safe place, free from judgment. But in the time of COVID-19, many of us have had to face the fact that our families don't accept us as we are. This is particularly true for those of us who identify as LGBTQ. One of our audio titles, Matthews and Tinia, explains that they have had to hide their identity when they visit their parents. They compared notes to two fellow students, Kanisile and Rita Bile, who face similar problems when they go back home. Being queer during the coronavirus lockdown was not easy at all. There were some things that I had to change about myself in order for me to fit an ideal version of me that my family created in their minds. There were certain clothes that I could not wear at home as they were considered to being too much or not appropriate to wear. I couldn't even speak my mind without sounding disrespectful to them. I felt like my presence was not respected and appreciated as it should have and all that led me to reminisce over the greatest moment I had whilst I was still at campus and I started to slowly resent my family as I felt like their love was based on conditions. I wasn't alone in this situation. Many other Rhodes University students went through the same experience as me. This is Kanye Silen 
a transgender female, and this is what she had to say. Mainly the struggle was to come out to my family and tell them that I'm a transgender woman and I don't want to go to the bush to become something that I'm not, you know. And the how I overcame that, oh, it was mainly through my spirituality. My spirituality helped me. And I say all the time that my spirituality saved my life. My womanhood is rooted in my spirituality. I am a woman because God loves me. And the reason why I'm here today, I overcame the fear of my my family, of my father, of um, the world. I overcame it and I came out to them and I told them that, yo, listen, I don't want to go to the bush. I'm a woman and I'm not going to go and I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. And I overcame that and they listened and I'm here today as a free woman because I trusted in God. God is the reason why I, I'm here. God is the reason why I'm free because I trusted in God and in the power of his love and I took a leap of faith and I trusted in my strength and in my existence and in my identity. This is Ritabilin Patuwe, a cisgender, lesbian female, and this is what she had to say. I'm a closeted queer. Well, back home I am. So it, it was quite, it was quite challenging. Um, psychologically, it was challenging as well because um, to be to show another side of me a side that I, I I'm not really comfortable with you know without outing myself to my parents because I'm really not ready to to tell them I'm not ready for the reaction you know so I I, I had to suck it up and just carry on living and in turn it really messed with me psychologically but um, I'm grateful that I'm back here at Rhodes again and I'm free. Yeah. From Retabulous experience, I have learned that at times it is important to not always come out of the closet and be out and proud, especially when living under certain conditions that may threaten your well-being and health. As some parents are really homophobic and might even resort to kicking out their own child in the cold streets or to even try to do conversion therapy on them so that they could change them from being who they are to being what they want them to be. Our stories behind the masks. A podcast you can listen to at home. That is like way too straight to the point. Yeah, stay at home and listen to a podcast. Life in quarantine. The lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning. South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries. Our, our stories behind. Next we got to Mpumalanga, where the pony to pella connects us with Mpali Nkosi.
Mbali fell into a world of drugs after a traumatic life experience, but even in the middle of a pandemic, she's finding a way to escape this world. As a sound engineering student and aspiring artist, she's creating a new way of life for herself. Repone spoke to Mbali via Zoom. Um, well, it all started in my first year, um, having been away from home. You know, I had all the freedom in the world. And I met a girl um, who was my girlfriend at the time. And she introduced me to drugs. And it found me at a time where I was going through like the most, you know. And the drugs just helped me cope with a sexual, sexual assault trauma. So it, it just, it became a... Uh, a, a very consistent thing, you know, I was using them every time and day. According to the country's Central Drug Authority, at least 15% of South Africans are said to have a drug problem. Drugs are abused for their complex effects on mood. These include tech, heroin, cannabis, and cocaine. These are some of the effects that Mbali experienced when she was under the influence of drugs. Well, they they all just had a different impact, you know. Um, the the cat would just make me um, super active, you know. I, I just felt so energetic, and crystal meth just put me in a good mood. I was just so happy all the time, and I normally smoke the weed just for um, just to sleep because I used to have trouble sleeping sometimes. Some of the pressures that families and friends endure include the following. Poor school performance, withdrawal symptoms, violent and risky behavior. Megan Mutsepe shares with us how she felt about her friend Mbali who was doing drugs. So when I found out she was on drugs, well, it's something that we're not sure about until we actually caught her. And this was really worrying. It scared me. It made me cry. I was so heartbroken because I didn't want to judge her for why was she on drugs, but I wanted to understand what got her to that situation. What is it that she couldn't talk about, you know? So it really worried me. It really concerned me that um, we didn't judge her. We are all there for her. And we really understood why, and she needed help. So we're all there for her. And um, I'm just really glad. It's a chapter that she has gotten past, and she's a better person now. Because, guys, you don't judge a person. Try to understand why they are doing it and help them if possible. For most, the lockdown was an immobilizing period. But for Mbali, it was a partial period of redemption because um, we weren't allowed to move much. So even if I wanted to go back to drugs, I couldn't because you're not allowed to leave your house. So what am I gonna do? What kind of plans can I make, you know? I didn't even have any connections and all that. So it was definitely a blessing in disguise and Also, I I really, it was a a personal decision that I made that I want to 
create this thing. I want to change my life. So I think that the the lockdown just came in the perfect time, and it really just helped me to go through this journey. After a year being clean and some therapy, Mbali has started her own YouTube channel where she works on song covers. Our next story is not about the struggle to survive, but rather about how some of the good things in life are returning to us. With the onset of COVID-19, sporting events around the world were benched for a couple of months, but now the players are back on the fields, courts, tracks and pools, even if most of the fans are still not there to cheer them on. We end our storytelling journey back in Mkanda, where sports fanatics Liam McPherson and his friends talk about the shared love for soccer. Ugh, football. It's just a stupid game. Just a game. No, it's a way of life. It's the be-all or end-all. It can take you to the highest of highs, to the lowest of lows. I've loved football since I can remember. You remember where you were watching iconic games, who you were watching them with, and who you were at the time. It's about staying up past your bedtime as a kid and spending all day in the bar with your friends as an adult. The feeling of waking up knowing your favourite team is playing is second to none and the excitement that builds inside me is incredible. It's the global language, the universal culture, the way of expression. It has the power to cross boundaries of countries, colour and language. The entire world is influenced by football and I'm here to take you on a journey of enlightenment. But don't just take it from me. There's weekends spent with watching the games with mates, weekends filled with anxiety and excitement at the same time to figure out the final result. And the main thing that I've been able to take away from football is the ability to learn from other cultures and other backgrounds because um, of all the players I got introduced to in, in, in Belgium, in Brussels. And when I first arrived, I, I didn't know anybody. And I quickly realized that here in Brussels, there's lots of animosity between people. There's lots of barriers, uh, things like nationalities, uh, languages and even religion and so when I first came uh, I didn't know how to speak the language and that became a real big problem with meeting people because there was nothing joining us nothing connecting us as people but the one afternoon I decided I wanted to watch a football game so I went downstairs and and at the end of that 90 minutes I had left knowing everyone at the bar because football became a uniting factor that wasn't there originally and so when I entered the room I didn't become a stranger or someone that spoke a different language. I became a fellow supporter, someone that enjoyed the game like they enjoyed the game. And so football all of a sudden became a really cool uniting factor um, between myself and the people from here. And that uniting factor grew a large, large amount. And uh, I'm happy to say that I've met a lot of my good friends from, from football and from the, the union that football has, has had. Football's also taught me about dedication and hard work and looking to improve myself in more than a way of aspects of football, but as a leader and as a better person in general. It's real world application that matters. And when Havertz scored, five guys next to me all jumped in the air and grabbed hold of each other and started shouting with great enthusiasm. 
football is a uniting factor between everyone. The place where mad people that I didn't know came around and started hugging me. It's it's a beautiful thing. That's more than just a game for me. Football is not just a game. It's infinitely more than that. As Bill Shankly once said, Some people think that football is a matter of life and death. I don't like that attitude. I can assure them that it is much more serious than that. Our stories behind the masks. A podcast you can listen to at home. It is like way too straight to the point. Yeah, stay at home and listen to a podcast. Life in quarantine. The lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning. South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries. Our, our stories behind And finally, a story about how a pandemic can give you the chance to spend some time doing something you enjoy in order to protect our loved ones and take some strain off the already overburdened healthcare system. We have all been avoiding social gatherings like weekly game nights. But for Arno, this is an opportunity to create a homebrewed campaign for the epic role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. He shares with us the fictional world that he has been building ever since the first days of lockdown in 2020. Imagine the moments before time, before matter, even before the forces of good and evil were conceived. The primordial ooze. In the ooze there was nothing, nothing sensible at least. It was a void without gravity, without heat or cold, without rational thought. Although it was teeming with the cosmic residue left behind from whatever caused it. From this residue, friction came about. Slowly at first, then turning into more violent convulsions of universal power, separating and seeking more than the senseless expanse it had germinated in. Surely there was, or still is, one true creator. The reason behind these volatile forces of existence, which grew too different in nature to stay intact. It is told that these convulsions and separation was the cause of time. With time, the essence of these forces began to take intelligible shape, veering off to polar sides, good and evil. The friction and eventual sundering between these opposing cosmic forces left in its wake a new, neutral material plane of existence. Mountains shot up, grasslands spilled out to meet the beaches of the oceans, ravines and canyons were ripped into existence, forests and deserts all began taking shape. Here magic filled the air where creatures of all shapes and sizes were born, everything from majestic to terrifying, each aligned on a spectrum between good and evil. It is believed that consciousness was passed onto these beings from the ooze that split so long ago. Lapirius, 
is what the fragile mortals began calling the central piece of existence. War over the dominion of Lapirison is nothing new. Civilizations have risen and fallen. War in the chasm between good and evil has been waged and continues to wage on and on. Although, the questions still beckon. Where is the force that began all of this? What part does it play in this divided world? There exists many tales of this entity, most of them long since considered as myth. One such myth has been carefully passed down the ages. Its believers think it true. This creator's alien nature had been spied upon by a cult of pariahs, whose long-dead mortal ancestors carelessly peered past the veil of anything resembling neutrality, good or evil. It is there they claim to have seen it drifting, the unimaginable chaotic being which refuses to be named. If only more knew that myths are rooted in truth, Lapiriusen might yet stand a fighting chance against the maniacal shift of insanity steadily crawling back towards it. We have come to the end of Season 3 of Corona Diaries. Thank you for joining us so that our storytellers and their loved ones could welcome you into their lives. To our production team and storytellers, thank you for your excellent and dedicated work. As we enter the third wave of the pandemic, please continue sanitizing, social distancing and wearing your mask. And here's hoping that next time we meet, we will all be vaccinated. Until then, go well and be safe. Bringing the world to you. The Corona Diaries. Activate countdown. So for things to just be normal again. Yes, Corona Diaries. My diary is Corona. All the stories behind the Damn! Contributions for this episode were made by Arnu Cornelison, Rebone Tobela, Matthew Zintinia, and Leah McPherson. The production leads were Srindilium Somi and Yandi Sotkalane. <laughs>